Hello, and welcome to another Inside Line podcast with Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's podcast, Dr. Cameron will be discussing a unique case involving a 43-year-old man with neurological manifestations of Lyme disease, including both meningitis and radiculitis. The case was published in the journal Neurology International. Good evening, Dr. Cameron, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Delane, for leading the discussion. Can you tell us a little bit um, about the, the man's initial presentation? The man initially presented with what they call a scaly, erythematous, macular rash on the proximal, which is the medial side of the upper and lower extremities. We're always so used to um, trying to describe a rash. So macular is a flat rash that if you run your fingers over, you can't feel it. A papular would be papules, which would be raised. And erythematous is on the redder side, somewhat pink, red, uh, or different shades. And scaly means that instead of a flat rash, there's a little irregularity. So, And it was on the inside of the upper and lower extremities. They didn't describe any more than that. They didn't give the size of the rash. They didn't say whether there's any clearing in the middle. The uh, authors decided to note the rash two weeks later. That's when the symptoms developed. Now, this patient had um, actually a broad range of symptoms that would be suggestive of, of meningitis, or could you describe some of the symptoms for us? When you first look at someone like cough, fever, anorexia, malaise, uh, fatigue, and muscle soreness, you know, show up with a lot of illnesses. But the fact that in the neck, he was stiff with flexion and extension. He had a little photophobia, which is the uh, problems with uh, light and headaches. And so, and, you know, they always start a workup trying to find out what the cause is. But what stands out in that list uh, that's really important is the neck stiffness, photophobia, and the headaches. The doctors, uh, you know, began a broad range of tests, which is done in an acute setting. They couldn't find anything except some mildly abnormal liver function tests and no evidence of Lyme disease. So his initial tests for Lyme disease at this point were negative, and the patient at this point refused a spinal tap. Yeah, it looked as if uh, viral meningitis was what the final diagnosis. It would be nice to do a spinal tap because you could look at what the fluid is, make sure there's nothing else in the fluid. Uh, sometimes there's some white cells in uh, the fluid, but this ends up being a clinical judgment. There isn't really any direct treatment for viral meningitis, and apparently the uh, patient was discharged. There was really no mention about connecting the rash with this particular symptom. So in hindsight, of course, uh, a lot of rashes are more complicated than a bullseye rash or more, more complicated than a pink rash. Uh, in this case, the fact that it was scaly, erythematous, macular, and these symptoms within two weeks is very typical for someone who has Lyme disease. It's always easy when you read a chart to look back and see where uh, two weeks from the rash to these symptoms are seen in Lyme. 
it's, it seemed like they considered uh, Lyme disease at the time, but instead of treating clinically, they were relying on a blood test. And once you rely on a blood test, you end up in trouble. Sometimes uh, it's better just to get on with treatment. In fact, the CDC advises that if you have a rash followed by symptoms, you don't need a positive blood test. But now this would be, would this be considered an atypical rash for Lyme disease though? It's not, it's not, it's not the bullseye rash that most are expecting to see, right? Well, when they've done studies, maybe one out of four have the perfect bullseye rash with clearing in the middle. Flat red rashes are much more common, but there's uh, other rashes that are scaly. They're almost always uh, macular, which are flat. You know, once in a while you get one that's raised, one that's purple, uh, one that might look like poison ivy. And uh, some of them even look like a spider bite. These two um, events, the rash two weeks later, followed by the kind of symptoms he presented with, uh, I would be considering Lyme disease if in looking back at the record. So am I correct in, in saying then that the the fact that the Lyme disease test was negative is what led the, the clinicians in this case to assume that it's viral meningitis and not Lyme and meningitis? You're very correct. And there's no treatment for viral meningitis. Uh, there was no treatment at that point. So he was presumed to have viral meningitis, no treatment, and then one month later he developed progressive weakness and some other symptoms. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, at this point, one month after that diagnosis of viral meningitis, the patient had a broad range of problems. So progressive weakness uh, is uh, pretty disturbing, but there was also what's called severe radicular lancinating pain. This is pain that runs down the nerves, often in the, the chest or lower extremity. Radicular means it follows a nerve. And lancinating means it's like sharp, it comes and goes, and can be rather severe. Along with those symptoms, the patient had emotional lability with depression and anxiety. There was also an action tremor, means the hands were uh, are showing a tremor. Whenever a man had a fine motor task, and finally there was a tremor in the legs. So when you put all of those symptoms together, there was imbalance and instability. So at this point, it was clear that there was something wrong that didn't seem to fit the original diagnosis of viral meningitis. Now, at this point, the patient, the patient initially did not agree to a spinal tap, but at this point, um, he did agree to a spinal tap and his findings were consistent with Lyme disease at this point. I had mentioned earlier that pleocytosis, which is uh, our cells, in the spinal fluid. So lymphocytic is what you typically see with Lyme disease. The white blood cell was 225, the protein was elevated, and the glucose was low. The glucose, when it's low, usually means there's some activity, something going on, on in a spinal tap. They concluded that the spinal tap was consistent with Lyme disease. I'm sure the rash uh, followed by the initial illness and this uh, was consistent with Lyme disease. It was like uh, what we call Lyme meningitis, 
Lyme meningitis is the inflammation of the lining or the protective coating around the brain and the spinal cord. Because there was pain, lancinating pain running down the body, it was also considered radiculopathy. And radiculopathy is, it's not really the brain, it's the nerve roots. It's called the peripheral nervous system, whereas the meningitis is central nervous system. So this intractable pain, muscle denervation, a reflexia means a loss of reflexes, and dermatome is that area on the skin that follows where a nerve is. So manifestations of the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system can occur in either in isolation or together. Is, is the fact that these occur together um, what makes this case unique? We're paying more attention to the brain, the central nervous system, you know, because it affects the brain, how the brain functions, how the brain's cognitive function is. Uh, and essentially, whenever there's pain in the body, often it's blamed on joints, tendons. Uh, in this case, uh, it reminds us that if that pain runs along a nerve, that's the what they call peripheral uh, nervous system issues. Now, that's described more in Europe, this uh, inflammation along the nerve root. But I see it in my practice. Uh, in this case, the combination of the two, meningitis and radiculitis, is uh, something that led the, the doctors to treat. Now, before we move actually on to discuss what the treatment was, can, can you tell us a little bit about what the significance of the psychiatric symptoms were? This patient also had emotional lability, depression, and anxiety. Is that often seen? Whenever you have meningitis, uh, you might very well see emotional issues. There's often an inflammatory or immune response with a lot of cytokines that are active. And so that the various emotional ability issues were observed, but they could be just in Lyme itself and might not just be from the meningitis. Now, this patient was treated with a five-day course of doxycycline and then followed by a month of IV antibiotics. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the, the treatment and whether or not you feel that that treatment course was the appropriate one, or would you recommend another approach? A lot of patients, uh, when we're not sure what the diagnosis is, are started with an oral antibiotic if they're considering Lyme disease. In this case, the fact that they offered five days of doxycycline meant they probably did not diagnose the problem as Lyme meningitis or Lyme radiculitis until the fifth day. We typically use intravenous ceftriaxone, which is marketed under the name Rosefin in the U.S. Uh, we use this uh, drug because it crosses into the brain what we call the blood-brain barrier. And the assumption is that if it goes into the brain, it'll go into the nerve roots and help with both problems. Now, approximately two weeks after starting treatment, the patient did note improvement in symptoms, but still had uh, difficulty walking. Is that correct? I'm always concerned that even though they seem better, they're active, there's always some symptoms left the patient still had a functional issue. 
He's told amatory difficulties. I'm concerned that there might be other issues that might have been overlooked. I'm, I have so many patients where they look better and they're doing well, but on closer inspection, there is a plenty of symptoms that haven't resolved. I always recommend a follow-up, which these doctors did, to make sure I have a good outcome. So now, the if we go back to the testing, the initial testing for Lyme disease was negative. The rash was atypical. Would you say that that's, those are the takeaways from this case, or what would be the strong takeaways? In the case of a rash, is that it's important to at least keep Lyme disease in mind. Now, sometimes rashes are so atypical, it's really difficult to tell. Now, if the rash was over two inches, over three, over four, it increases the chance that it might be Lyme disease. But still, in hindsight, you can't really be sure what to do with a rash. What's most important, though, is that within two weeks of a rash, the fact they presented with a broad range of symptoms and a meningitis pattern is that it's very important to put the two together. Rash followed within two weeks of symptoms, important to make a clinical diagnosis. I wouldn't withhold therapy in that situation. I would start an antibiotics at the time. If treatment had taken place, uh, we might have uh, been able to prevent a month later when they came in with Lyme meningitis, Lyme radiculitis, and uh, difficulty walking. So there's much to be learned on this case, and I'm glad the authors uh, wrote uh, such a, a clear report about this uh, young man. Well, thank you, Dr. Cameron, for talking about this case, and we've learned a lot, and we look forward to speaking again. Thank you, Darlene, for leading the discussion. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on another Inside Lime podcast.